You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to continue with our review of the NASM OPT model. We're going to be talking about speed, agility, and quickness. And just need to make a statement. It's a disclaimer, trying to let you know what's going on. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, this is not the first time. I'm sure it will not be the last time, but I have another black eye. And uh, it's healing up nicely, actually. But uh, but I think you should be aware that, that that's going on. Huh. You go check out my uh, my Instagram. You'll see some, uh, some nice pretty versions of this, but it's healing quite nicely. Today, we're going to be talking about, we're going to continue. We're talked about the, the OPT model. We've gone through different sections of the OPT model, working our way through the components of a workout. These are the pieces of a workout that you can do, the different types of things. We've discussed core, balance, plyometric training, flexibility. Now we're moving into speed, agility, and quickness. The interesting thing about speed, agility, and quickness as pertains to the OPT model is it's still speed, agility, and quickness. You're still working things. It's just how you implement them may look a bit different. In fact, when you read through the CPT-7 textbook, it doesn't align necessarily your SAQ training with um, this is level uh, one stability training. This is level two strength training. This is level three power training. <clears throat> it basically says if you are a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And yes, you can kind of correlate that with OPT model. But still, as you look at what's going on with the model, you will see speed, agility, and quickness can be implemented in different ways. So let's do this. Let's start by defining speed, agility, and quickness. First of all, speed is defined as the ability to move the body in one direction as fast as possible. Now, there are multiple different types of speed, and that's not really gotten into when it comes to the, the NASM textbook for the CPT-7. Maybe a, a bit more discussion when it comes to uh, the performance enhancement specialist course, but there are different types of speed. There's how fast you start. So starting speed or acceleration speed. There is top end speed, which is how fast you can actually top out at. But when you think about certain sports, maybe basketball, basketball, your acceleration might be really important. In football, in soccer, acceleration might be very important. But rarely do people ever reach their top end speed. They, they, there's never enough distance covered to reach their top end speed. So top end speed is important, but maybe not as important as acceleration speed. There's also deceleration speed. How quickly can you stop? That's important because your ability to stop and stop faster to maybe turn around and catch a pass or whatever that might be, then that will be important as well. And then there's endurance speed and different types of speed. Well, what about agility. Well, agility is the ability to accelerate, decelerate, and stabilize quickly, change directions, and still maintain good posture. So when we talk about stop and go and turn, that's agility. 
a lot of times you hear the phrase speed ladder and agility ladder, but a speed ladder hasn't, it's not speed. Agility, your ability to stop and go, accelerate, decelerate, change directions, those are important while maintaining your posture. Because once you're once you get a little bit off, once your center gets off, then it's hard to realign and change directions. So maintaining proper core control is very important, which is why we suggest doing a little core work prior to going into multiple different types of training, whether that's resistance training, doing core activations are nice. Uh, it doesn't have to be core exercise specific. You do simple things like loaded carries and different types of activities that engage your core and really spark them to get it to activate. Of course, you can also do SAQ and just start a little bit slower and build and prepare your body for movement. So we talked about speed. We talked about agility. Now, what is quickness? Quickness is basically reaction time. Quickness is the ability to react and change body position with a maximum rate of force production. When we talk about quickness, I want you to think about uh, baseball players. When somebody throws a pitch, they have to respond, react quickly to that ball. And when you get to the majors and people are throwing 90, 95 mile an hour fastballs, the fact that a batter can hit that ball is so unbelievably remarkable because they almost have to start swinging before the ball even leaves the hand. A 95 mile an hour fastball to travel 60.5 or 60 feet, six inches from the mound to the plate. That's crazy. That's crazy. They almost have to start swinging before the ball leaves the pitcher's hands. I think about other sports and and this is remarkable to me because I I like this um I like boxing but I I'm really a big fan of defensive fighters so uh people like Floyd Mayweather Jr who just move or Canelo the way that they move when somebody throws a punch and then suddenly their head disappears and they've moved out of the way it's their ability to see that that punch is coming to move before the hand gets there that is such a remarkable amount of quickness. I also watch, uh, sometimes I watch cat videos. Don't tell anybody, it's super embarrassing, but I do. I watch cat videos sometimes. And there are these moments where like a snake is striking at a cat. I don't know if you know, the snake's relatively known for how fast they strike. And they strike, and then the cat swats it away. Or there's one video where a crab does its claws at a, at a cat and the cat moves out of the way, but its response time, its reaction time is so incredible that they are far quicker than any human. So quickness is that reaction time. Agility is acceleration, deceleration, change of direction, and the ability to do that proper form. And speed is a single direction movement. And that is, you know, distance per time, miles per hour, feet per second, meters per. So there, there are different measurements that we do this. Now, when we get into the OPT model, we say, well, how do I make applications to this? Because if I'm going to practice speed and my top end, speed is how fast can you go in one direction, then what is an endurance version of speed. Well, there is something called speed endurance, and that would just be 
longer distances? How fast can you go for longer amounts of time? So there's speed endurance. Um, but what's strength endurance versus power in, uh, sorry, what is strength speed versus power speed? Strength speed sometimes are referred to as how fast you accelerate. So I can, I, I get that, but it's not the same. It doesn't really work the same. So the way that we discuss it in the textbook, and I'll just, I'll bring up the page. If you have your CPT-7 textbook, you can go to page 601. At the very bottom of the page, there's the SAQ program design for apparently healthy adults. And I think this is important to point out because it gives you ideas for SAQ drills and how you program that, not based off of necessarily stability, strength, and power, but beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So what they say, if you are a beginner, you're looking at one to two sets, uh, two to three repetitions, 15 to 60 seconds of rest in between. And here are the things. you got four to six drills with limited inertia and unpredictability. Limited inertia means if let's say we're doing the agility ladder and we go in in out in in out limited inertia just means you're going slower because you need to stop and if you're going fast that inertia makes it harder for you to stop and let's also point out that deceleration we spend a lot of time in the eccentric phase and the early phases of the opt model we get into that in the resistance training which we will be talking about soon um but deceleration is where many injuries take place. In fact, decelerating, slowing down and turning, deceleration with change of direction is where many non-contact injuries actually take place. And so when you've got a beginner, you don't want to throw them into a high inertia motion. So they got a lot of forward movement and then you stop them and change direction. It doesn't mean they can't do it. What it means is that we're building to that point because we want people to practice something slower and then build into it. It's a progressive resistance. It's a progressive training program, systematically progressing people to move, to be able to accelerate, de decelerate, change directions. That's agility. And being able to do that, I think, is a very important. So we're going to look at four to six drills, but we're not really looking at um, at top end explosive speed. Here's an example. We talked about the agility ladder where you go two feet, go in. So it's in inside the ladder and then one foot out. And then you go the other direction in, in, out, in, in, out. So I might do just to, to build some stabilization in the process of doing this in and out agility drill in, in, out. And then you plant on that one leg and you stay balanced. You hold your balance. You wait for me as the trainer to say, go. That's quickness. That's reaction time. How long does it take? And there are a lot of people who go in and out and they wait and then they'll just fall over because they're expecting you to say something. They'll fall into the next ladder rung and then they'll go and they'll balance on the other leg. And I'm like, nah, 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 get back over there. Stand on the leg and wait till you hear me. Don't anticipate react. That's your quickness drill. That's your quickness training. In and out, hold it. Stay on the single leg. Go. In and out, hold. Go. In and out to the other side. That is a way that you can include 
stabilization training into your speed, agility, quickness drills. All right. It's, uh, but you don't have to do it that way. And there's just a, a, a means at which you can include more balance, more core stability into these SAQ drills. But you could go in and out, in and out, back and forth. Um, you know, one leg in, two legs in. Uh, you can go reverse. You can go sideways through the, the ladders. There are cone drills. There are box drills. There are a lot of different opportunities that you have that you can incorporate. But as you move from beginner, then you move towards intermediate. Now, intermediate doesn't necessarily mean we're in the strength phase of the OPT model. Remember, the way that we classify this, just beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Now, it might align with the OPT model levels, stabilization, strength, and power. But the way it des uh, describes this on page 106 again of your CPT7, intermediate, six to eight drills, uh, three to four sets, three to five repetitions, zero to 60 seconds rest. What does zero seconds rest mean? That just means you keep going? Well, it means you go from one drill right into the next drill. So maybe you do ladder drills three times, and then uh, when you get to the next one, you switch their foot drills going through. So they're, they, don't, they don't need a break. They don't need a break or they may need up to a minute break to maintain their ability to produce force with speed, maintaining their speed while doing it. Intermediate, six to eight drills allowing greater horizontal inertia. All right, so that's rotational inertia, um, but limited unpredictability. Unpredictability would be the reaction time because the unpredictability, me telling you to switch directions, I wanna limit that even for an intermediate person, because again, I want to be careful that they are doing now more horizontal plane, more change of direction speed, but they don't have to react as quickly as you would as you get more advanced. Um, but sometimes I can add a little strength work in it. So we'll just stay with the ladder drill and discuss it in and out, standing on the single leg. And I might have them do in and out and then do a single leg RDL opposite arm touch, in and out, single leg RDL, in and out into a single leg RDL, or single leg squat, or a reverse lunge, or a curtsy lunge. These are, these are means where there's still a strength component if you want to look at this for a strength level. But is this the right way? Then there's a right way. It's just guidelines on variety of progression. Not right, not wrong. How do we progress people from beginner, intermediate to advanced? Because when you get to advanced, then we start to, to unload, where it's six to eight drills allowing maximum inertia and unpredictability. So you're responding to me, you pay attention to me, you go when I say go, you stop when I say stop, you land it, you stick it, you try not to fall over. You accelerate quickly, you decelerate quickly, you change direction. As I say, there are different things that you can do. Um, some of the games I think are pretty cool with uh, the, the balls that have the notches on it. You bounce them and they go all different directions. Sometimes people throw playing cards, I think it's kind of cool. You can do box drills, dot drills, ladder drills, all sorts of things where you're focusing on speed, changing direction, and reaction time. You're waiting 
to respond to mirror drills. That's a, a great example of a quickness drill where I'm doing something as the coach and you try to move the same direction I'm moving. I lateral shuffle one way, you lateral shuffle, you got to follow me, you stick into me. And this is a great way to practice some quickness drills, but may not be great to practice that with me. I may not be as skilled as the athlete that I'm working with. So a lot of times you pair some athletes up where they do these mirror drills together and they can really push each other and try to get them to hold on. So you think about that like a, um, a wide receiver in football running out. Now, the wide receiver has routes that they're going to run. The, the corner, the defensive player, has to, has to respond. I was about to say simply respond. It's not simple because the one that's running the route has the advantage because they know what they're going to do. The one defending, the one following, responding to movements, they respond to the stop, go, change direction, and they get thrown off if the offense has the advantage because the offense knows what the offense is running. The defense has to try to respond to it. That's why these patterns and these practices with quickness, with speed, with agility, all come in handy. Do I need that for athletes? Just athletes. No, I think SAQ is great. We've got this entire chapter on speed, agility, and quickness, and we talk about it for youth. We talk about it for special populations. We talk about it for a healthy adult. Didn't, didn't even, like, leaving the athletes behind, just the recreational athletes and the people who are interested in doing this. That's why it's a component of the workout, because, first of all, it's fun. It's engaging. It helps to develop a skill set in people, which I think we underestimate the value of developing skill sets. We think, oh, did we burn a lot of calories? Yeah, we burn calories, but did you learn something? Did you create new movement patterns? Are you creating new wiring and firing in your brain in relationship to your body that allows your body to respond in different ways? Did we burn calories? You're going to burn calories. Yeah, we're going to burn calories. That's what you want to do. But you can also incorporate speed, agility, and quickness. You can torch some calories if that's your goal, or you can back off of it. You can focus on your drills and your stability as you incorporate your SAQ work. You can add strength into your SAQ work. You can just plyo it out. Just be box drills and dot drills and cone drills and reaction time and listen to my voice and try to respond. And it's all relatively fun for the person that you're coaching, the people that you're working with. I think there's something valuable there when you say, I know we've, we've, we've done so many deadlifts, we've done so many squats, we've done so many versions of lunges and step-ups, pressing and rowing and pulling and overhead and rotation. What else can we do? Are you getting bored? SAQ it up. Practice that SAQ. Add your speed, agility, and quickness into your programming. You'll like it. Your clients are going to like it. The majority of your clients are just going to have a good time doing this. And it will also benefit them. So with that, thank you for, for listening. I, I, I know the lining that up, beginner, intermediate, advanced, not necessarily lined up with stability, strength, and power. But... Speed, agility, and quickness kind of works in a different realm. 
as we continue to do this, you can add in components of stability with your SAQ. You can add in components of strength in your SAQ. And SAQ just feels like power phase. In fact, when you move into the PES, you'll see that there's max power that we talk about in the OPT model. And then the PES is max power is level five. Uh, the power phase is level six. It's the next level up. What is that? It's athletic training drills like speed, agility, and quickness. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. You got questions for me? You can reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram or threads at dr.rickritchie. Or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Y'all, thanks for listening. Keep inspiring people to fitness. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.